podcast. Coming to you from the Midwest Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Lake of the Ozarks podcast, Studio B. This is the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. You know, you can download any of these free apps to any mobile device, Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, and Spotify. They're all free. I mean, it's freer than a video of Hunter Biden weighing out crack on a scale and fighting with a prostitute. Yes, that's right. The president's son on video fighting with a prostitute in a hotel room over how much crack he has. But hey, no big deal. That's just, that's just Russian disinformation. That, that's not real, man. We need to leave politicians' children out of this like we did with Trump's kids, right? Weird how we can investigate his kids for business dealings like a shoe store or something. But Hunter, leave, him, leave the poor boy alone. than crack. And they'll make you feel better, too. How is everybody doing today? What Was that ridiculous? Of course it's ridiculous. Baby, it's cold outside, but I'll tell you what, we're fired up in here. Well, we are in an amazing series titled Passing the Test. We know this as much as we maybe don't like this. We know we will go through tests. Every man, woman, and child, serving God or not, you will go through certain tests in your life. Now, the issue has become that the church has many times misinformed the people of these tests and what they really are. So I venture to say a good number of, uh, of church people loving God, attending churches, believing that sicknesses and diseases are a test from God. I can't even begin to count how many people I've ran across in my years of ministry who have said those words to me. They have a cancer or a heart issue or some form of eye issue or death in an ear or some tumor. Well, I, it's just a test from God. And I, I know I got to bear it with gladness and it's a blessing in disguise. And, and so I have to bear it all for his glory. And hopefully one day, someday, I might pass this and find out what this was all for. Well, that's 100% unbiblical. It's unscriptural. There are zero, none, no scriptures that equate any testing as it pertains to sickness, disease, physical issues. No scriptures that indicate that's what God is using, commissioning, and giving permission to. None. Now, the truth is we will go through tests. There are other tests. And that's what we've been looking at. And so we've been looking, and we can see in this story of Joseph's life, we can relate to this, I can, that there will be troubles. There's going to be testings. We don't deny that. But we have to be sure that we understand what these things are because what we need to accept into our lives that are from God and what are the things that we must reject from our lives that are not from God. Sickness, disease, physical issues are not sent by God, caused from God, should be rejected at every chance that you get. But there are some other things. These tests that we've been looking into and these tests are here to build your character. And now that's, a, that's a, a very big issue. And the reason that your character must be built is because your destiny will sit upon that character. Character is the foundation of your destiny. And if we're ever going to get to where God called us to be, we have to start with a series of tests in our lives that character will be built upon. 
And then that destiny can rest on that character. I know a good number of ministers. And I guess, I guess what I mean by that is those that were in positions with some title, let's say, whose character was so weak, they never, uh, they never will. They never, they never will. They never got to that call that God had for them. They never really got to see the fulfillment of what their ministries could have been. I've seen many of them make it to a certain point where you could see, oh, this is getting serious, right? I mean, they're really heading somewhere only to see them kind of get stuck because of no character. Listen, the call is there. The destiny is there, but their character couldn't support it. And so what? They get stuck. They can't figure out why. And so that's when the blame game starts. Well, it's the people. It's not me. It's the devil. It's this. It's that. No, no, maybe you need to look into the mirror and find your biggest problem is staring you in your face. I say this because nobody's been able to stop me. No devil, no other minister, no other ministries. And believe me, they have tried. They have tried, but nobody's been able to stop me except me. My character was being tested. And well, here's the thing. It's not so much that we fail because God loves us enough to allow us to stay stuck in one until we get it right. So it's not a matter of failing, but rather how long are you going to stay and not learn from the test? Well, there's, I have to admit, there's many times that I have been stuck in some spots and I can start seeing that now. Now that we started doing this podcast, I can see many of these places that it wasn't anybody's fault. It was mine. I wasn't passing the test and God loved me enough to not just let me fail and toss me to the side. He loved me enough to stay stuck and keep taking the test keep taking the test. But I tell you what, I don't want us to get stuck. I don't think we have that much time left, friends. I can't tell you when. I don't know. But there is an urgency. I hope you feel that. There is an urgency, right? I don't know that we have a lot of time to keep getting stuck in these tests, guys. We need you up and running. We need to get to that call. We need to fulfill what it is that God has for us. And I'm excited about that. I want to start learning. So when we're looking at uh, Joseph's life, a young boy at 17, he had some dreams from God. God was showing him his destiny. He fell into that pride test right away. Well, will you get cocky about your destiny? Well, that landed him in the pit test, where thank God the pit saved his life, even though I'm sure he didn't see it that way at the time, but they were going to kill him. But instead, he landed in that pit. And that's where we're going to learn how to avoid the next one, or at least how to get out quicker next time. Well, that led him to the palace, and here, again, this is where real trouble starts for most, because the palace can fool you, because it sure beats the pit, and I can, how, I can now see how this might be coming together, and I, I made it out of that really bad spot in that pit, and so I've seen most ministers who are really getting somewhere will struggle right here, because it's here, we kind of let our guard down a little bit. It's, 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 in, it's, it's this place in the palace. I, I've been promoted. I've got some form of responsibility. And so I, I can kind of see that I'm making it. And, and no, I'm thankful. And I'm not in pride. And I've, I've learned some lessons. And guess what? It's right here, the purity test. Now, again, don't be fooled by this because not all ministers are easily pulled in by sexual things, uh, sexual immorality, okay? Many are. But purity, what things are grabbing your attention? What things are trying to get you to partner up with them when you know that I shouldn't? Is it money? Is it fame? Is it sexual and seeking attention from others? Because now I've gotten this far. It's such a dangerous place. And so this led to the prison test. And listen, even when you think you've done it all right, right? Joseph didn't give in to her advances. He ran off. He took off quickly and he didn't give in to her. He didn't give her the time of day, but guess what? There's still those out there that who are coming for you. They're rooting against you. And unfortunately, 
unfortunately, and I don't care what anybody says about it, most of the time it will come from other ministers and ministries, those who are called Christians. I've noticed the world doesn't really concern themselves with what I'm doing, but man, oh man, other ministers do. Pastors and believers, they're really concerned about it. So don't be surprised when somebody says, hey, brother, to your face, and they got a knife in their hand to stab you in the back. Now, that's on them. That's on them. But don't let your guard down. Just because somebody is a leader in a church or a ministry, those are the ones that you have to watch out for. That's the truth, and that's not a blanket statement. So don't get all puffy and upset. If the shoe fits, wear it. And if it doesn't, move on. Don't get upset about that statement. It is the truth, and you know it is. But if it doesn't fit you, then you're fine. Move on. I don't like it, but it's the truth. But that's because many of them are stuck in their pride test. So the prison test is where you're really going to find out, what am I going to do with this call? Will I still believe? Will I still go for it? How will I steward my time even when I think I've been done wrong? See, I'd been in this test for a long time, and I can tell you what not to do. <laughs> this, was, this was a test where I, I, this is one of those tests I'm telling you, this is where I got stuck a lot. Blaming others, being mad all the time. Don't do that. <laughs> what will I do with the call and the dream and the destiny here? Will I still believe and still minister to whoever I can and still wake up and pray and believe? That leads to last week's prophetic test. Will I hold fast to that word that was given me? And can I take that word that was spoken to me and place it against the word of God and allow the word of God to say this is real or it's phony? We have to allow God's word to solidify the prophecies that have been spoken over us for this time right here. Because you will be tempted to say, well, maybe it's not real. And, and so it would be easy to abandon your prophecy in this stage of the game. God's word will test your prophecy. And you need to have it nailed down to know, I know exactly what God said. And it lines up with his word. And it shall come to pass in my life. In a pit, in a prison, or in a palace, I have a word. And I will wage a good warfare according to it. So Genesis 41 today, let's look at the power test. This is where we begin to step into that destiny. After all that, the power test. Joseph, I believe at 31 years old, he's in the prison. Pharaoh has two dreams. Joseph is going to interpret those dreams. And it's here that he will take the first steps into his destiny. Now, this isn't the fulfilling of it. This is just getting into it. The testing won't stop here. This is the first test when we step into the destiny for your life. So here we see Pharaoh has these dreams. Let's pick up Genesis 41 and verse 8. Now it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled. And he sent and he called for all the magicians of Egypt and all of its wise men. And Pharaoh told them his dreams. But there was nobody who could interpret them for Pharaoh. Then the chief butler spoke to Pharaoh saying, I remember my faults this day. The Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they brought him quickly. This test comes at you really fast. Out of the dungeon. And he shaved and changed his clothing, and he came to Pharaoh. Verse 37. So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all of his servants. And the Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this, a man whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house and over my people and shall be ruled according to your word only. In regard to the throne, will I be greater than you? And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I've set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand and he put it on Joseph's hand. And he clothed him in his garments of fine linen. And he put a gold chain around his neck. And he had him ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried out before him, bow the knee. 
So he set him over the land of Egypt. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without your consent, no man may lift his hand or his foot in all the land of Egypt. Wow. So watch this. Here's Joseph having a normal day in the prison. He's been there for a minute, right? And so he goes to bed in the prison, and he wakes up as he does in the prison, and he gets called up to the palace out of nowhere. And by that night, he's in a bed in the palace. Listen to me. Promotion can come just that quick, friends. There just comes a day when it's time, when it's time. And and that time can happen within 24 hours of of listening right here. This shouldn't be a surprise. How many times has something in your life brought a life-changing moment within 24 hours? No, I hate to say for many of us, it's usually, it's usually something bad, right? Something happened so fast, it changed your entire life in 24 hours. One phone call, one text, one email, one conversation. Let's have the expectation of something good. It can come that quick. The pride test is how we responded to the dream, but the power test is how we respond to the destiny. This is that first steps through the doorway into the destiny. Haven't seen the whole room yet, but I'm walking in and I can see something. Many people don't understand that you will be tested by success. It is one of the tests that many fail. They can handle the prison. They've learned to deal with adversity, but when success comes, it's kind of a shocker. It slaps them in the face. They're not ready. So let's say there's a guy helping a volunteer at a small church, and he's he's just happy to help people in the parking lot and to be sure that people don't get jammed up, and he's helping people find a parking place, doing a great job, has a servant's heart, and pastor comes to him and says, you know what? I mean, you're doing such a great job. I've been noticing, and, and you've been so faithful. I'm going to make you the parking lot captain. Now, now you're in charge. So everything that happens out here, it's under your hand. So the next week, the guy shows up with a bullhorn and a vest and a flashlight the size of a lightsaber. What am I saying? He's failing the power test. Something has changed with the position, right? We've all seen people like that, that we would say they let the power go to their head, so to speak. So here's some questions that we're going to need to answer. Number one, where, from where does power come? Let's answer that. Psalm 62 and verse 11, God has spoken once, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God. All power comes from God. Romans 14 tells us that there is no power or authority that has not been set up by God. Remember when Jesus was standing before Pilate, John 19, 10 and 11, then Pilate said to him, are you, are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? Here's this man saying to the creator of the universe, um, uh, do you know that I, I have power over you? Jesus answered, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. So the power test is recognizing that God's blessing and power is on our lives as we respond and do the right thing. The power test isn't saying, I know my success is because of me and what I've done. And it's also not saying, well, it's just all on God either. And I had nothing to do with it. It's understanding that I've worked very hard to be where I am. And yet God has blessed the work of my hands, the work of my hands. And no, my works couldn't have done it without God's hand upon me. I've responded in obedience. I walked in some wisdom of the things that I know to do and I've learned and I've walked it out and I put my hand to some things. And we have to watch out for false humility. We hear this all the time. Somebody comes to you and you've done something and you've done it well and they come to compliment you and we say, well, it's just God. That's just all God. You know, well, no, you know, I can't, I can't sing. I, I mean, like, you know, I can't sing. I mean, in a way that I should be one who records. I can't play guitar. What am I saying? They, they've put in some time to practice and to follow God's leading out there, right? And, and they put their hand to it. 
what I'm saying is, is don't just say it's all God either because you have done your part and you have to do your part. You follow God's leading out there. You put your hand to it. Yes, God is in it, but God's not standing on that stage. It's not God staying up practicing guitar until his fingers bled. I remember a man who, who sang and he would always say that, well, it's just all God. And he sang one night as he walked off the stage, a man approached him. He said, man, that was good. That was good. And he said, well, brother, it was just all God. And the man said, well, it wasn't that good, <laughs> Right. The way we pass the power test is we understand that we do work hard. We respond to God's voice, but it's still God's power, and it's his authority. Listen, the desire for power comes from God. It's not a bad, evil thing, but when we add the human element to it, it can get tainted. Satan twists it. So now it comes across as self-centered, but the original pure desire comes from God. We were created in the image of the all-powerful God. So we have to recognize that power is not for self-good, but for the good of others. God gave Joseph power to help the masses. God gave that to him so God could bless the people. And Joseph understood that and he used it correctly, even though he was super blessed though. I mean, this guy, he is blessed, but it was to bless the people. He understood that. Every person has some form of a desire for power. Put three little girls in a room and see what takes place. Just put three Put three big girls in a church kitchen and see what takes place. I mean, come on, watch some people, you know, watch, watch some people that have dogs. I've watched people talk to dogs like these dogs were a servant to them. There is a natural desire for power and authority. Jesus even said to the disciples that if anybody desires to be great in the kingdom, well, you're wrong and you have bad motives. No, he said, be a servant, but he didn't say don't desire it. The Bible says if anybody desires the office of a bishop or an elder, you desire a good thing. If you desire power for the right reasons, that's a good thing because we can know that God will use that to bless others through you in that position that he gave to you. Okay, number two, to whom does power come? James 4 and verse 10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. So quick side note, what is humility? We've allowed the world's definition to tell us what humility is and it is not. Biblically, humility is I will yield to what God says. Stop doing what I'm doing and do what he says and do it right now. That's humility, biblically. And no, God won't humble you. It says humble yourselves. God will give you power. He will lift you up. He will promote you if you are humble. 1 Peter 5 and verse 5, likewise, you younger People, submit yourselves to the elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. God gives grace to who? The humble. And grace is power. It's an enabling or an empowering. We could never walk this life out for God without the empowerment from God to do it. So where does power come from? We know that's from God, but to whom? To the humble. Isn't it something to watch just how humble we are when we first start out with something, but somewhere along the way, we kind of lose that. What are we saying? Well, listen, less of me and more of you. Now that's, that's, you know, now that's not, that's not none of me and all of you. No, we're still involved, but less of me, more of you. So when we see Jesus talking about humility, remember he called the child out of the crowd of people and he said, um, you know, he calls him out and he said, if you would, if you would humble yourselves like this child, well, what's humility? Because see, only a few people know who the child is and how he really acts at home and if he's a good boy or not. So it couldn't have been that. It's in the sphere of the request being made and the response to it. Little boy, come here. And the, you know, they're all standing there. They're doing their thing. Excuse me, young man, come here, come here. And at that moment, that little boy decided to stop doing what he was doing, step away from what he was doing and step towards what he was asked to do. Jesus says, if you want this, you have to humble yourselves like a child. 
When I ask something of you through my word or prophecy or even a knowing inside, you have to stop doing what you're doing, step away from it, yield to my request. That's called humility. Laying aside me and my agenda for you and your agenda. Pride is ugly. It comes before the fall. It brings you low. It causes quarreling and contention. Real power comes to the humble. I'm talking godly power. That comes to the humble. And that makes sense, seeing that the power is for others to be blessed, and God is looking for those who lay it all aside to do what is asked of them for him. I mean, look at the life of Jesus. Number three, why does power come? Why does God give us power or share his power with somebody? Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. God wants people helped and he's using people to do it. You think about this. God has all the resources in the world. He has all of it, all of it. So here's all the resources. And now over here, we have all the hurting people who could benefit from all those resources. And the hungry people, all the hurting people, all the broken people, all the sick and diseased and tormented people, all the buildings that need to be built for his glory, all the missionaries that need to be sent abroad, all the ministries that need to be supported to do what it is that God called them to do. And we know that God has all of that and more and more and more. All the supply on one side, all the demand on the other. So what's in the middle? You, the middleman. God is looking for humble stewards to channel his resources and power through. He's wanting to get healing to them. He's wanting to get finances to them. He's, he's wanting to give away things to bless people in need, but he works through people and his power is for the good. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day, Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18. God is giving power so that he may establish his covenant. It's given so that people can come into this new covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. It's God who gives power to get wealth. Why? So we can have mansions and new cars and planes? No. I'm so tired of that old mentality. Stuff, stuff, stuff. God doesn't care about your stuff. He does not care if you have stuff. He will be concerned if your stuff has you. I cannot imagine a God who, well, listen, I'm not going to get into all that today because it's so tainted and so ridiculous that we have to even discuss why God gives people stuff. He wants to establish covenant with people so you can bless others. Blessed to be a blessing. But here's the thing, don't forget to be the blessing. I know you're blessed, but to be a blessing. Well, Donnie, why do you need a building? I I, I can't, I remember how many people came against us when we were believing to get this building. Well, that was God's idea anyway. But let's see. Mm, We'd outgrown the coffee shop here in town to the point that we had 70 people in a coffee shop for 35. We were breaking furniture. We broke the heating and air. It couldn't keep up with 70 bodies in a place. If the the fire marshal had come in, we were dead meat. I I mean, this is every Tuesday night. Uh, 70, 70 bodies in the place. No room to minister to people at all. So we moved to the mall, 120 people. Well, we filled that room. No room to minister. Had to stand literally on an eight by eight carpet with chairs bumped right up next to it. Like you, that is all the room you had to minister. We had over 300 people show up to that first summit meeting. Praise God. Our building holds right at about 300. Some stood the entire, and I mean 300, and that's if you're sitting on your neighbor's lap almost, right? Some stood the entire time and that's okay uh, because God is doing it. Why? 
to be a blessing, to be able to, to get blessing to the people through you. So don't allow man's opinions to stop you from being able to receive what it is that God wants to give to you for the purposes of being a blessing to others. Yes, we had great results in those other places, and we had done a lot with little, but we were doing more with more, that's for sure. So dream big, believe big, receive big so that we can be a blessing. Don't allow somebody else's small-mindedness to trap you, right? Just don't, don't allow that to happen. Dream really big. Dream big. Joseph did. He, he needed to have the highest position in the land. He did. He could not have had the influence needed to pull off what he was going to do for God by staying a servant in the household, right? No, he was faithful there, but to stay there as some form of self-humility, well, is it really being the blessing that God intended it to be? Man has so messed this up for everybody. There are so many who really are super blessed for the purposes of being a blessing. And yes, others who have abused it, but don't get caught up in that. I remember people being so mad at me for saying that we were going to have a TV program so we could be famous, get rich, what? (laughs) I can can tell you that didn't work. (laughs) No, what? So I can be a blessing and tell the world that Christ is their healer, that God still heals today. And other ministers were so mad. Here I am 10 years into it, and guess what? Not rich, not famous, but I am blessing people through the means that God gave to us to do. I mean, just ask the 30 people that call us Uh, every single program for prayer. Every week, we're getting about 30 calls. Now, that may not seem like a big deal to you, but that's 30 new people every week that we get to pray with, that we get to minister to. That's worth it all, to help more people. So it comes through us to establish his covenant. It's such an amazing thing to see people who have been given some power use that power to help people. How many devils have we cast out in this building? How many people healed and born again and filled with the Holy Ghost? I'm telling you, this is no lie. We know why we have the building, and I'm telling you, I would put up our numbers on those topics against every church in town collectively. If you added up all the salvations, healings, devils cast out, and baptisms in the Holy Ghost over the past four years that we've been in this building, you put that up against all the churches in this town combined, and I would bet it all that we have more than they all do together because we understand why God has blessed us and gave us this building. It's no man's kingdom. It's all his. We're using what he gave us to establish his covenant. I was thinking of the first time I went to Africa. We had teamed up with a local missionary who lived about eight hours from where we were going to go, and it was a largely unreached area that was kind of one of those regions that would be easily missed. It was on, it was kind of one of those between here and there places. You know what I mean? Just a pass-through region, if you will. If you didn't really get off the main road, you wouldn't even really know there was any villages there at all. There was no buildings to see, really. So long story short, we go to this place, rather large region of villages out in the middle of nowhere. Matter of fact, I I ran into many that had never even in their entire lives had seen a white man, never. So the missionary had set it up that we were going to use this man's field located in a central part of this region, and we were going to have them build us a bamboo stage off the ground, and we we would bring in a generator and some lights. They had never seen lights before, no power, no electricity, no light bulbs. None of that. So we were going to bring in a small sound system and lights, hired a local praise and worship team. And um, I use that word lightly. It was like a group of high school buddies with homemade drums and guitars playing in dad's garage after school. But okay. So so we uh, placed mics in there and we turned on the lights and the music. And I mean, people came running. They had never seen anything like this in their entire life. So we were there for the sole purpose of being a blessing and establishing God's covenant, right? Healing, salvation, baptism, and the Holy Ghost, casting out devils, all that. 
So we began, and a militia came driving through our meetings, right down the middle where the people were gathered, about 5,000 people out here, just outside, and they had guns blazing, right? A truck filled with men in the back with guns firing, running people off. No gatherings, day one. Day two, same thing. We're going to kill you if you do this again. So that's it. What are we going to do? So we found out who the king was, and yes, he was the king of that region, and we found out who he was. And we demanded a meeting with him. So we meet under the tree of meeting. And he's there with his guards and councilmen on either side of him and guards walking around the perimeter with machetes. And so we found out that it was a local Catholic priest who had hired these guys. And he was mad because people weren't coming to his church that week because they wanted to come to our meetings. And to him, they weren't going to give. And by the way, he's the king's priest as well. Well, great. So we're discussing this with him and with this king, and there's arguing going on, and we had to miss a night of meetings because of this, and we've come all the way from America. So the missionary is speaking through our interpreter, and things are getting pretty heated back and forth. But finally, I love this. The king quieted everybody down. He said, shh, shh, shh. And he says, through our interpreter, if this man stole this man's chicken, that I am judge. If this man stole this man's crops, of that I am judge. Of the things of God, no man can judge. Therefore, I say that these men shall stay with no more interference from anyone. You may proceed with your meetings because I know when these men are God, when these men of God are here, my kingdom will do well. So he came that night and he took that stage with us on either side of him. Uh, he took that stage. And, and so on either side of him, uh, there was, there was, uh, these guards with him. And I mean, th these dudes were intimidating. And I mean, you, you could have heard a pin drop. So we're on that stage and, and we're up there with him and we're up there with the guards and he calls us up and he takes that microphone. And I mean, 5,000 people stood dead still. And he said, if anyone interferes with these men while they are in this kingdom, there will be nowhere for you to hide. What am I saying? Praise God. He used his power and authority for the good for the furthering of the gospel. In that act, he helped us to be able to spread the gospel. And that was the night that I was able to lead over 880 people to salvation that very night. This was me being able to walk into that destiny that God had for me. So all power comes from God. And let me say this, God will take care of anything that you're going through. He has it all, friends. And he's pulling for you. And if God be for you, who or what can stand against you? God is on your side. He's pulling for you that, for that destiny to come to pass. God will invest his power into you so that you can do what God called you to do. So begin to walk into that destiny. As we recognize all power comes from God, he gives that to you so that you can be a blessing. And he wants to bring that covenant to pass in our life and in the lives of others. Passing the tests, my friends. What are we going to do? We're going to stay humble. Always quick to hear, but we're quicker to obey and move. Oh, you're so close to that destiny, friends. Come on, don't give up on it now. You're walking into the room. Thank you for joining me on the New Old School Podcast today. I am your host, Don Allen. Until next time. Stay humble and continue to attempt the ridiculous and achieve the miraculous.